0: May mercy and grace and peace be yours from God, our Father, and from his Son, his only Son, Jesus the Christ. How do you get home? How will you get home from 19291 Stone Oak Parkway a little bit later this morning or perhaps early this afternoon? Some of you will head north up 281. Some will head east on 1604. Some west. On 1604, some of you will go home to New Braunfels or near Bernie or up in Bulverde. And some of us will stay in this neighborhood we call Stone Oak. But if you were searching for your home, a home you had never been to before, what would you do? And and what if I told you that these were the rules? No printed map, no digital map, no GPS, No, hey, Siri, tell me how to get to the home I've never been before. May the Holy Spirit give us attentive ears and expectant hearts this morning. As we consider God's word from Hebrews 11 and also from Genesis 15 and Luke 12. And discover law and gospel in seeking a homeland where you have never been. People God dearly loves. Abram, before he was Abraham, had no home. And Abram had no son, no child. Hebrews 11 verse 8 tells us, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was going to receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. From Ur of the Chaldees to Haran down south to a place called Canaan. And Genesis 15 records these words of Abraham to the Lord. O Lord God, Abraham, Abram said, what will you give me for I continue childless? You have given me no offspring and a member of my household will be my heir. So, which is it? Does Abraham act by faith or does Abraham act as one of those with little or no faith? It certainly helps when, behold, the word of the Lord came to him. The powerful Debar Yahweh speaks to Abraham's timidity and doubt. Go outside your tent, Abram, the Lord commands. Look up at the night sky. Count the stars, if that's even possible. When my brothers and I spent a night at a National Forest Service campground 60 miles south of the Grand Canyon on our Route 66 trip, we talked about this event because that night we looked up and we could see stars and stars and more stars and stars behind those stars. How good it is that this portion of Scripture is before us today. Now, God isn't telling Abraham to count or calculate the millions of stars In the sky or that uncountable number of grains of sand on the beach at South Padre. By faith, we heard in verse two of today's epistle. We understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen, including the stars, was not made out of things that are visible. The point is that renamed Abraham, he's now Father of the multitude would have. He does have so many spiritual descendants, including all of us. So many that the number is as incalculable as the stars God scattered and arranged by his creative word. That's good. But then there is this reality in our lives And in our hearts. I'll start by saying it in the first person. I want to stay here. I want to live in the place I know. The place that makes me comfortable. I want security because I think I have things under my control. I don't want to go anywhere. I'll say it a bit differently. We settle for camping in a tent when we're promised a solid home in an established city. We settle for wandering when we're promised a place in God's kingdom, when we are promised citizenship, which echoes the words of Jesus in today's gospel from Luke 12. We're anxious. We wonder and worry about what we'll eat when we have more in our pantries and in our cupboards than millions of people will see in almost a year. We wonder and worry about clothes to cover our bodies. When we have more clothes we don't wear, crowding our closets and stuffed into our dresser drawers, than millions of people possess in their entire wardrobe. Jesus calls us to look at the ravens and all the birds. He tells us to notice the lilies and the grass. And he warns us that his people are not to seek all those temporary goods, but to seek his lasting kingdom of salvation. Our wrong direction seeking is law. It's what we do or what we think we can do, or what we think we should do, or what we want to control. Is the law speaking judgment on our looking at and trusting present reality as fleeting and false as it is, rather than God's promises? Yes, it is. Is it law that we accuse God, as Abraham did, of not keeping his word? Yes, it is. Because we do. Is the law that we count too low? We should be in awe of the multitude of stars. Instead, we count things that don't matter, that don't count. But we must count our sins. Count them all. And confess and confront the sin of either being restless or content to wander Far and farther from home. We forget or we deny that what really counts is what God says to us and about us. He says, I have traveled. I have traveled to a place fouled by sin and plagued by death. I have traveled from my eternal glory to the country where people lie and lust and covet and steal and hate and hurt. Where people close their ears and their hearts to my word. And then accuse me of not keeping my word. We are Abrahams, all of us, a thousand ways every day. We are deluded because we forget what Solomon proclaimed last Sunday. It's all vanity, it's all worthless, it's all dust in the wind. But God doesn't leave us alone. He won't leave us alone. He can't leave us alone. He travels to us. Jesus travels to a virgin's womb. He travels to a manger in Bethlehem. He travels to Egypt, a young stranger in exile, under the protection of Joseph, his guardian. Jesus travels to Nazareth and down to Jerusalem as a 12 year old to his father's house. You remember the temple. Then at the age of 30, he travels to the Jordan River to be anointed as Messiah and to get wet so that he can wash us with baptism. Jesus travels into the wilderness, is tempted by the father of lies and speaks (coughs) and speaks back to him. It is written as powerful as the Debar Yahweh, the word of the Lord in Genesis 15. He travels up and down Israel, proclaiming the kingdom of God is at hand. He heals and raises and forgives and reveals that kingdom in his parables. Jesus travels to Jerusalem for a final week with palm branches waving and hosannas echoing. He travels to an upper room, washing his disciples' feet, The master becoming the servant. And then serves them more in his first supper. Feeding their hungry souls with his true body and blood for their forgiveness. Jesus travels to a lonely garden and prays that the father's will be carried out in his suffering and dying. He travels to courtroom and palace. To trials and hearings. To mockery and lies. To shouts of crucify, crucify. Jesus travels to Golgotha, stumbling and falling for weariness under the cross being weighted by your sin and mine. Then nails are driven into wrists and feet and our Lord prays, Father forgive them and promises, today you will be with me in paradise and finally proclaims, it is finished. And on that good Friday, Jesus has traveled to the depths of hell in that painful once for all sacrifice, enduring separation for us to bring us back to God. Jesus travels more when his lifeless body is carried to a stone cave. On the third day, he travels again. Jesus descends into hell to declare his victory. He travels to life, life returned, life restored. Life raised to never die again. And now he travels to his church in his gospel proclaimed, in absolution spoken, in washing with plain old Edwards aquifer water to join us to his dying and rising in His supper given for you to taste and see his mercy and grace. Jesus travels with his people, giving joy at the marriage of a son in St. Louis and joy at the birth of a third daughter up in Grand Rapids, Michigan, giving hope to those with salty tears who will gather tomorrow morning in New Braunfels. By faith, we walk with Abraham and all the saints, that great cloud of witnesses, for we too are called to go out to a place we will receive as inheritance. We are the heirs, not knowing where we are going, but trusting that God will take us to his land of promise, to a city with the foundation of Christ, to the kingdom of the precious little flock, to a better country, to a homeland Where we have never been before, but where Christ waits and Christ welcomes. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.